I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everybody and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week I'm joined by the man who's making maths cool, as well as the fella who's working his way through every reality TV show going. It's my pilgrimage pal, Bobby Siegel, everybody! Uh, okay, I'm trying to think, what is it, is it Northern Greeting Aop? Oh, uh, what do I say? Thanks, no, Petal? You're definitely going the right way, so like Aop I think is like Yorkshire. Uh. But I'm that little bit further, so I, you, you, we'd go, yeah, I read Pet. Your eat pet? I your am. Eat I. Pet? I like that. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> the education. You're so welcome, babe. It feels like ages since I've seen you. I know. So we went for the screening did. of pilgrimage. Honestly, you always look gorgeous anyway, but you'd made a special effort that day. Um, and it didn't go unnoticed. You're so nice. I feel like because you guys were like absolutely used to seeing us for like two weeks, just in <laughs> me like me same cycling shorts like me hair all screwed back no makeup like i i did think the whole tra- like the transformation to full glam vicky might pack a bit of a wallop it was it was it was a good <laughs> good vicky we appreciated it did you love the pilgrimage bobby like have you like watched it all back i'm assuming yeah i watched it all when it came out and i think i watched obviously episode one like everyone else together as a screening yeah. and I watched it on the Friday night at 9 p.m mm. with my relatives and all my cousins although the mistake with that was when you're watching it in a room like 15 20 people yeah. everyone just keeps on chatting I'm like ah I love my auntie I love my uncle I love my relatives my cousins but I wanted to watch the program oh shut the fuck up exactly <laughs> so I had to watch it again separately so yeah. every episode I know it came out on Fridays at nine, I'd watch it before, then watch yeah. it with family. The second time, I'm like, I know what's going on. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel we we come from slightly different backgrounds, and we'll discuss more of that later, obviously. But I'm from a firm, like, conflict-driven reality TV background. Your things like Jolly Shaw and mm-hmm. X on the Beach, and obviously, like, nicer ones later, but those were my formative, like, years. So... Things like screenings of shows used to strike fear into my heart, Bobby, Gosh. because you'd just be sitting there knowing that some, like the fella that you called a knobhead was going to hear you and like the girls were going to hear everything. You were going to find out what the girls really thought of you. And it was it was just awful. Like it, I used to watch those things when I was forced, like mm-hmm. a coiled 
spring like it wasn't a comfortable experience but it was the total opposite sitting down and watching the pilgrimage with you guys and I made a bit of a reference to this but it's just so lovely to be able to have come out the other side of everything I've come out of and be making tv like that with people like you oh honestly it's such a wholesome show it's almost like it's like granary bread with lovely like uh, like environmentally sourced peanut butter um jam made with everyone paid fair wages it's like yeah it's like such a wholesome show everyone feels good about it everyone feels good it's so nice and like obviously we lived it and we know there was moments where our feet were sore or where you know the days were long <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people I, snore <laughs> <laughs> oh Nabil I've never heard love the man with every inch of my being but I've never heard a snore like it's a it. pneumatic drill wasn't it it was fuck me Bobby like <laughs> he, he he's took that on the chin fair play to him. but did. yeah there was more said that but then what was really nice is to say that actually the edit just wasn't interested in any of those like slightly tensor moments it was just really interesting in showing I suppose like how people from different faiths and religions can get along have things to teach each other um and you know we're all sort of just looking for something really nice to believe in and bring us hope and I I think the that was the overarching theme but it was lovely to see that that's what the edit focused on yeah it did because I think television reality television can sometimes thrive of that drama you talked yeah, about because yeah. that's what people love oh look at it look at that beef going on i'm thinking east yeah. london now there's like howie more than Jordan Shaw. <laughs> but with our show you know people from all sorts of backgrounds all ages all sort of roots into the media and television world and yet the thing that i found again i have a from a catholic family from india yeah but on this show we try to find our humanity like our friendship and the our love for each other. That was the thing that I found really joyful. Yeah. Like people, forget religion, forget our beliefs. Actually, we unite in the fact that we we have the same hopes, aspirations, same fears. And that's what really brings us together. Yeah. And it was so especially lovely for you, Bob, like that last episode, because obviously our pilgrimage was a Catholic one, mm. which is your faith. So super special to you in that sense. And it was lovely to see you at the end have that moment. Like I felt, did you see me crying? I was I did. so, um, I could cry again thinking about oh. it. Like I was so emotional for you because it was just really lovely, babe. Has that like instilled a new sense of belief in you like has it reinforced everything when i decided to take part in the show i knew that i grew up in a catholic household so my parents are from india kerala uh, which is quite a catholic part of india and they moved to london east london east london in it could have gone to Geordie there. I could have been a Geordie if they went up north and I'd be like, oh, I like my bio- biology and mathematics. But I'm not. They moved to East London. <laughs> Sorry. My accents are terrible. I feel um, like you definitely suit more of an East London accent than East you do London. the Geordie <laughs> um, But when they, when, so for them, religion is a big part of their life. And growing up, you just sort of did, you know, like a lot of us, we'll just do what our, our folks do. Yeah, um, you do. And this, pilgrimage was a chance for me to try and reclaim that and and what I've sort of said since then is that it's still a journey it's up and down but I feel like I've now got this moment I can always call upon and getting to carry the statue uh, and so people that haven't seen the show on pilgrimage there's like a every October uh there's a sort of a hundred thousand people gathering in a square square and the main point is where the statue of the Virgin Mary gets carried in front of everyone and in my family household they've had models icons of the statue for years and i never really know what it's about i've just seen the statue it says fatima i'm like oh but i just thought fatima wasn't even a person <laughs> you know that's his name and then 
they asked me to carry the statue. So like every time I see this statue in my uncle's, my aunt's, my mom's house, anyone's place, I'm like, I've carried the real one. <laughs> Absolute one. religious claim to fame. <laughs> it is. It is. I get people coming up to me in church saying, I saw you carry the statue. So it's like it's, I've definitely got like I'm I've definitely got this status now within the church yeah. community. Yeah, you're smashing it there, babe. You're <laughs> top level. Um, you talk a lot about your family, Bob, and it's really wholesome and lovely. And it's obvious that they've had such a profound effect on the very wonderful man that no. you are as an adult. Um, but tell me a little bit about like your family life. So your family moved from India to East Ham, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, in the, in the late 1970s. And it was just your mom and your dad? Yeah, mom and dad. Although my a lot of my mum's side of the family, so my mum's sister who's my auntie and my mum's brother as well so a lot of her side of the family moved to east london and settled there so all us boys and one of four boys will grow up there and you say one of four boys i've read somewhere that you're one of four boys called jay oh yeah i know so yeah if i want to make a booking that's just a bit i know that i'm not any big star but if incognito booking i'll book it for jay because that's legit my name i'm jay bobby seagull uh-huh. uh, so what's that? Is that you see, all the brothers are really all called Jay? Yeah. yeah. So our, all our legal names are Jay. So it's Jay, Dave, Jay, Bobby, Jay, John, Jay, Thomas. But in South India, there's sort of a tradition. Not everyone abides by it, but a tradition where all the fellas and all the girls will take the same first name. Uh-huh. And that's like a family name. And your second name is your actual name. Is that your given name? Yeah. So it's a weird one in primary school I was Bobby of course but in secondary when I joined on my first day so the teacher's reading the register going um Jay Seagull and I put my hand up and said uh sir my name is Bobby he said no it says Jay here and I was such a little pipsqueak I didn't challenge that so for five years in secondary I was Jay and I get friends that meet me now that say is Bobby like a stage name that you've made up that sounds cool I'm like no I've always been Bobby no one's called me Jay if anyone calls me Jay they're clearly like a prank caller or someone from that time and and I tell you what still my other siblings so the youngest one, he's the one, he's, he's now a criminal barrister. He's a very articulate voice. But when he was called Jay on his first day, he said, yeah. and the teacher did again, hello, Jay Seagull. He put his hand up, says, uh, no, I'm I'm Tommy. And the teacher says, no, it says Jay here. And he says, no, my name is Tommy. And he was like, no, you will call me Tommy, little 11-year-old Tommy. And he got it corrected. So everyone knows him as Tommy, even though it says Jay in his register. I was just too much of a little. That, but that's the difference between a criminal barrister and a mathematician uh, yeah. like we can't all be as like forceful <laughs> as that I reckon I would have back then I was I was actually quite shy in school so I reckon I would have gone as J for four oh, years J, J Vicky Patterson <laughs> JVP <laughs> um, so listening to you you are you're obviously super successful within the world of mathematics and moving into other stuff now one of your brothers is a criminal barrister and you've got two others and I know they're quite successful as well so well you're always really studious or was that something your parents encouraged? So I think it's a combination of two because our parents, when they moved from India to London, they always encouraged a sense of, you're in this country now, yeah. you've got great opportunities. Because in India, the reality is, even if you study really hard and you get top marks in the exams, there, there's just so many people there, it's hard to get a good job. You're right. like, you might have got perfect grades, but there's a million other people applying for the same job, literally a million when I say that. Whereas and that's, UK, that's the problem out there. It's just like a complete case of like oversaturation. It's just so many, again, so many people are applying for the same job. Right. Again, literally, like, you lose 1% in an exam. You're just like, that's just 
annihilates your prospects. Whereas here, 80% is fine, 79, they're all great grades in India. Yeah. You get 96, 95, 94, suddenly, like you're moving down, like they rank everyone in the state. So from one to a million, every exam. So literally your position, every mark makes a difference. Whereas here, it's graded. So it doesn't matter if you lose a few percent, you can still get your A, your B, your C, whatever it is. Yeah. So my but parents- there, always, It all hangs in the balance of a percent. It does, it literally does. So my, I've got cousins in India. That's who, fucking oh, savage out there, so It is there. savage, academic savage. So like my, I've got cousins there who are probably actually worked harder than I did, but because they dropped 1%, they didn't quite get into the uni. So my parents said, in this country here, we grew up in a council estate in East Ham, so it was yeah. tough financially. But he said, if you study hard, if you work hard, Again, we used to go to the libraries every Saturday afternoon, reading all sorts of books, Aztecs, Victorians, Roald Dahl. And it was those, actually, it was that reading, listening to my teachers, listening to my parents that made me knowledgeable and smart. And a lot of my students are, oh, Mr. Seagull, you're really clever. You're a genius. To be honest, I am very knowledgeable now, but I was not born like that. Yeah. It's because my parents created a system where, again, from a council state, three boys, including myself, got a scholarship to Eton for A-levels. Four of us went Jesus all of us into Oxford and Cambridge. I don't think that's common in a state school immigrant no. family on a council estate. But it's because we had these beliefs and we had these dreams and we worked hard. And of course, there's knockbacks and things that don't quite work out. Like my elder brother, I think is probably the most remarkable story. So Davy, he um, probably shaped a whole family's approach to life, really. Um, he was knocked over by a car when he was two, two and a half. And again, can you imagine that? Your parents moved over, had their first child. Everyone's like, oh, the first boy, especially in Indian families, having a boy. And then suddenly that child was in hospital for three years because he, he, he couldn't walk. And can you imagine? So when he came out of hospital when he was six, the first thing he said was, why am I leaving home? Because he lived in the hospital his whole life. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Bobby. Like, I know. I'm always very emotional anyway, but I'm on my period. I know. Oh, my gosh, off. okay. I know. I follow all your stories about, like, yeah. all your women stuff, so I understand and appreciate. Thank you for sharing that. But sorry, Bob. Can I keep okay. going, please? Yeah. So when, when that happens to someone, the first grandson of a family, on both my mom, my grand, on both my grandparents, the first son being knocked over, nearly dying. It was a hit and run, horrible. And... It just changes the whole approach to risk for everyone. Uh, one thing is, it means that everyone's just much more cautious, much more careful. But in a weird way, I think it made us, it made us grateful that we're yeah. alive, we're here. And my brother, he can be stubborn, Davey. Davey really first admit, <laughs> but he is one heck of a guy. Like he's the one, like he's the first one. He didn't go to a normal school till he was 15. And back then, so he's 42 now, I think. Back then in the, in the sort of 90s, people weren't very enlightened. They assumed that if you are physically disabled, you couldn't think. So he yeah. went to a special school where everyone else, bless them, they were had real learning difficulties. But Davy, he was really bright. But in school, they Smart just, as a whip still. Yeah, yeah, they just like assumed that. Oh, Davy, here, have this picture you can color in. But and that he, was not challenging from him. No, for him at but all. his school got burned down when he was fourteen by total. Some it got burned down. It's East London, yeah. Probably just some naughty kids. Yeah. And he was forced to go to the local state school, a normal school at the time. It was the third worst school in the country. I think one in fifty kids would pass GCSEs. One in fifty. Can you imagine that? Jesus but he started working his way up from set nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. But became top in the school. Did A levels. Got top in the country. Even I didn't get this. Top in the country, like maths and computer science. Went to Cambridge. And then everyone in my family thought this guy here can only use his right arm. Like literally, he's, you know, he has to be washed and bathed by parents, carers. If he can do this, like we've got no excuse. So it's sort of like, in a weird way, made us as well. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. One of the things that really sticks out to me about you, Bobby, is that you are one of the most positive, grateful, and just genuinely lovely people to be Mm. around. Like, there's not a hint of malice to you at all. And like, stuff like that, like it, I think it's, it's the nature-nurture debate, you know, I think, yes, it's a little bit in you, but ultimately it's a good, a good upbringing. It's all those sort of things. And I wish things had happened different with Davy. Like course, I absolutely do, but it's so lovely that you have taken, you have made something so tragic and t- and created something so beautiful out of it. Like all of yous must, I'm assuming I've just a little family of bobbies. Quite frankly, uh... like you're just like all dead positive, all dead happy, like all hard work, and and I don't know. Like I just feel like you've made the the best of a bad situation. You just need to be really proud of yourselves because uh, of that. Thank you, because again in life we can't control what happens to us things happen to us that's that's yeah. the world but the thing that you can control is how you respond to it i always tell my students i tell my family my friends and sometimes the reality is we do feel terrible we feel bad yeah if I, okay my students they listen to this i see on the square you feel like shit. that's uh, you do but once you've dealt with it try to manage that can i try and make positive steps forward because if we just wallow in our misery forever that's not going to help yourselves or anyone uh-huh. except it feels bad it's terrible but then try to see what can i do to make my life better so i read somewhere that and this is again echoing your sentiments life is 10 percent what happens to you 90 percent how you react to that and i reckon you like that because i wallop some numbers and i love the maths <laughs> nine to one ratio vicky patterson i reckon if i taught you as a student i reckon you would have been one of my favorites because you you've got, I, lo- I love students who got a bit of personality like yeah. sorry to my students that just get on quietly and do all their work bless you but i often forget your names because you don't make a name for yourself because you're just quietly getting your hundred percent but you're not saying anything have a bit of personality just makes it more interesting <laughs> for me you would have been you would have been a good student but you also you'd have given me a, a bit of chat and a band like oh Mr. Seagull can you not give us homework this week I'm like yeah. Vicky you did really well last time I know you this will be good for you Vicky we're, we're not a good teacher student really. I was torture but I was like I think my teachers did actually like us for that reason Bob like I, I got my head down I did my work I actually loved school not so much maths mate yeah fair enough like I just so we're like the polar not the polar opposites but I've always been obsessed with the written word and mm. like writing and reading and I'm obsessed with communication in all of its forms but maths has always been a stick and point for me but I, I what I think is the world is 
all the more rich and diverse so people having different perspectives yeah. as much as i spend my whole life trying to evangelize about why maths is fun and great if everyone in the world loved maths a i'd be out of a job but b <laughs> life would be boring we want people that like you that love communication maybe love literature the people that love history the people that love social media people love tech people love music people love science people love plants we that's the rich tapestry of human life that fact that so many people you find you find a random thing there'll be someone that loves it if you talk yeah. about peanut butter a bit there are experts out there that, that can talk to you about every fine wine you should. Well, that's the second time you've mentioned it, so I'm starting to think you're a bit of a secret enthusiast. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, I I live for peanut butter. I have it every day, like in my <laughs> smoothies, in my bread. Like oh. if I were a food substance, I'd want to be like reincarnated as a peanut butter sandwich. Oh yeah, I feel like oh, what yeah. with jam as well. Or? Yeah, yeah, with good wholesome fair pay value jam. <laughs> I find it really interesting that you turned a love for numbers and a love for maths into like meeting some of your heroes. Because obviously being from East Ham, you're a West Ham fan. Have I got that right? Yes. Come on, you irons. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the guys who sing. Right. Hang on. So make sure I get this right. Is use the I'm forever blowing bubbles one. Yes. Pretty okay. bubbles in the air. the air. Got it. Okay. So recently you have been working with those guys. Is that correct? Yes. So I this madness because I'm a massive football fan. Is it to be honest, if I had a bit more talent, I would have been a footballer. Much <laughs> my parents are annoyance. But sadly, you know, five foot five wee nipper is not gonna get very far. <laughs> uh, I feel like every boy's got that story where they're like, I could have been a football player. I should have been. I, I think it's in my <laughs> state school, people ended up actually being footballers. So someone that was a year above me in school and I played against him at primary school level. And I once played against him as a defender and he literally destroyed me, he scored five goals, he scored from the penalty spot because I tripped him up, free kick because I tripped him up, I miskicked a shot, he volleyed it in, I gave away a corner, he scored the bloody corner and once he dribbled all the way past me and then he scored from 20 yards. This guy ended up being Jermaine Defoe and oh, England. Gosh. Yeah, and he was at my school uh, at the same time. So like at my school, there, there was a a prospect of the very best becoming footballer. Sadly for me, maths is where my actual uh, skills and, and talents were. You've not done too bad out of maths, no. come on. No, thank you. But uh, but actually, it was, my, it was my love for maths and education that got me in touch with the football world. Yeah. So when I was on University Challenge, um, I, my introduction was, my name is Bobby Seagull, I'm from East Ham in the London Borough of Newham. And then at West Ham at the time, they were looking up, who's this fella doing really well, everyone's sort of really enjoying. They found out as a West Ham fan. So at first they invited me in uh, to a, like a game as a VIP guest, put me in the programme, and they got me to have chicken with some of the players and the team. And the, it's funny, bless the players, they're obviously, they don't watch University Challenge. They had no idea who I was, but they were told by their PR, go on, go on, have food with this guy. And they were like, ah, oh, please not. You could tell they're talking to their PR guy, but they were forced to eat with me. But then they oh. loved my enthusiasm and the club were like, we want to make you an ambassador for West Ham for education. I'm like, West Ham and education ambassador, of course. So now I'm the club, whenever they've got like education projects, visiting schools, they'll get me, they'll get some of the... Again, the first team players. I still find it surreal. Some of the first team players are like, oh, Bobby, how's it going in teaching? I'm like, oh my God, first team players actually know who I am. I'm like, yes, this is the life. I'm so pleased. So you're using your love for education, math and numbers and your passion for football to kind of help kids going forward as well, right? Completely, because I sometimes think in life, if you've got an aim or objective, again, my objective is I want to make people love mathematics, but I think that the Aside from the beauty of mathematics, I think the practical bits of being good at numeracy so you can understand your pay slips and yeah. understand foreign exchanging on holiday, know how to cook the turkey in time, all the practical numeracy side. Um, 
a lot of young people have the ick about maths, they do. But yeah. if you talk to them about football or music, the bake-off, they'll have a passion. I believe finding what their passions are and then trying to find the numbers and that. And football is an easy win because a lot of boys, and now especially it's lovely to see a lot of girls as well because our oh, women's the lionesses. team. Yeah, they've been brilliant. I know. Now we've got two brilliant, in fact, the women's team are better than our men's team. But we've got two really good <laughs> national sides. So football is really popular with the boys and girls. And I try to use that as a way to connect because yes. talk about football, talk about league tables, talk about the patterns on the on the uh, on the pitches, the geometry. And then once you got them hooked, then they will go, okay, Mr. Seagull, I will now have a listen to you when you talk about your Pythagoras or trigonometry. I wasn't going to listen to you before, sir, but now I'll give you a chance. I think that's what it is. You want to get that chance. Kids these days scare me, Bobby. I'm not even joking. I think you might be the bravest person I know to be teaching in secondary oh, school. But so do you know what, Vic? Now that I, I've done, I do want to, since University Challenge gave me my platform for doing media work, so I used to be a, a head of department, so I've done more and more media stuff. Yeah. It makes it trickier as a teacher because now students, they sort of just, oh, it's Mr. Seagull, the famous teacher, you know, who's teaching us. They don't treat me exactly the same, and I don't quite like that because I want to be treated exactly the same. I want to do my lessons. The thing is, sometimes, like a human being, some of my lessons are not so great. But the students will still go, oh, that was a brilliant lesson. So I'm like, it wasn't. It wasn't. I made a mistake there. Just be honest. Just tell me it was a bad lesson. But they're like, oh, sir, you're so brilliant. No, Fucking sick of fans, Bobby. Sick I know, of these students. Just be honest with me. Tell me if I made a mistake, students. I just want to live a normal life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's really lovely that they can follow sort of what you're doing as well and have a bit of respect. Like, hopefully it'll just filter through to how they treat all their teachers, you know. It's really interesting what you said there about how sort of you can apply maths to everyday life because that is the disconnect for me. That was 110% where I fell out of love, if I ever was, with maths. Because... I didn't see the relevance to everyday life. Like, in the way I was being taught, yeah, algebra stuff and things like that, I just thought, well, when the fuck am I ever going to use that? And quite frankly, like, as an adult, I haven't. But if they were teaching me things, like, like you say, you know, like, with reference to exchange rates for when you went on holiday, like, or even, like, how to sort of navigate, like, taxes or mortgages, like, I think I... I would like to think I would have been slightly more engaged, you know, and obviously I would have found it more useful as an adult. Are you leaning more towards the vocational side of things within maths these days? So again, there's two parts. One is what you can do as an individual teacher. Yeah. And then secondly, what the government does in terms of their curriculum. Yeah. I think as an individual teacher, I always try and find what is the relevant side of maths because yeah. the most difficult question a maths teacher gets asked, often I get asked if I'm teaching on a Friday, they'll say, sir, what's the point of maths? And often my response is, if I'm really busy, I'll be like, get on with your work, Vicky. Or sometimes I go like, Vicky, let's let's have a let's have, let's a, have a chat. chat. Have a chat. <laughs> or the third time is I'll just segue into something that's related. So if we're looking at percentages, I'll say, okay, so Vicky, you like your shopping, don't you? You know the yeah. shops have got a fifty percent discount. How do you make sure that they're correct? I'm like, oh, so I think it's trying to find out how it relates to them, and then they'll get on board because again, academic work can sometimes there's a word called ivory tower uh -huh. academia. It's where it's like related to something that's like ethereal and academic. But if it's related to the real world, people can be bought in. So I think anything in life, find related to what people understand.
Yeah. And that actually makes sense. I think Matt's for me was completely wrapped up in an ivory tower and it stayed that way my whole life. It's been impenetrable and I've never been interested. However, had I had a teacher like you who I think applied it more to stuff that interested me or I was going to use in everyday life, I think I definitely would have been more invested. So I'd like to think there's loads more Bobby Siegel teachers running around. Thank you so much for joining us in part one. Bobby, I've had a lovely time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.